1: Well, I hope you join us next week. Mark will be kicking that series off and it's gonna be just an outstanding series. Well, it's a joy to be with you today. My name is Dan Kubish. My title is Senior Administration Pastor here at New Spring. I oversee uh, family ministry and the worship team and the creative arts division and production. Uh, But we take a time out every year during this time right as we do back to school to talk about family ministry and how we can invest in the next generation. And I would love to bring these people up on stage, but they're a little busy right now. And it's the family ministry staff. And But I brought their photos. So if we can turn, these people, there's 50 of them, all help with family ministry, all the way from birth, all the way to high school. Can you give those people a hand for what they do? And God has called them into that. And they're, and they're so passionate about what they do, what the, how hard they work during the week to reach boys and girls and students for Christ. It's amazing. Plus, we cannot go any further without recognizing we have 462 volunteers that help us in family ministry. Can we give them a hand? Because we couldn't do it without them. They are amazing people, and we love them to death. But... You remember the song back when you were a kid, maybe you went to vacation Bible school and the song was, this little light of mine, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Remember that? Hide hide it under a bushel. You all been to VBS, that is great. But what I wanna talk about today is, uh, you know, we need to shine the light of Jesus on the next generation. Our world is getting darker. We have taken God out of our educational systems. Society laughs and makes shows and comedies about laughing at God, religion, and the Bible. Things that the Bible says are wrong and sinful are promoted by government, media, and Hollywood as things to celebrate and embrace. Our children get bombarded by the things of this world and they need to know the only way to be truly happy and have a life that is full of purpose and direction is to follow Jesus and what the Word of God says. Our world is in a spiritual free fall. The Barna Institute has a survey out, a stat report on biblical worldview. And simply what that means is that you take God's Word and you believe God's Word is absolute truth and you apply it to your life and you look at the world through the Bible itself. In my generation, I am at the tail end of the boomer generation. They said that 51% of the boomer generation had a biblical worldview. Now, if you go to Generation Z, which I have five kids and one of my youngest, Danny, uh, he, it would be his age. They're just getting, they're married, having kids. They're, they're Generation Z, only 4% of that group of people have a biblical worldview. You can see why the world is getting darker. And just as one generation can start a movement towards God, it only takes one generation to become indifferent to the things of God. Mark is getting ready to start this series and he's gonna be focusing on Joshua and the story of Joshua. Joshua is the man of God chosen to lead the children of Israel into the Promised Land. And he displayed incredible strength and courage in doing so. He was a mighty man of faith, an aspiring leader, but look what happened after Joshua died. In Judges verse, two, or chapter two, verse 10, it says, "After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remembered the mighty things he had done for Israel." We must remember that we are in a race to capture the heart and mind of the next generation. As Christians, we all need to have the obligation to the next generation. Unfortunately, stats show that churches are losing their passion to reach the next generation. You realize as we meet today here at New Spring Church, and we probably have somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 kids in in all our environments learning about Jesus, you realize that 20% of the churches in America today, this morning, do not have a ministry to kids and students. Too much work, not worth the effort, can't get the volunteers, it's too expensive. 56% of children's pastors feel their ministry is forgotten by their church. They feel like they're just paid babysitters. What a shame. But at New Spring, it's different. It's different. We know the faith of the generation is worth everything. God wants to use family ministry not only to impact children, but the entire church. I believe when we minister to children, it ushers in God's blessings upon our church. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18. And he said, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Can you imagine? Anytime we welcome a child or children into our church, it's like welcoming Jesus. When you were greeted with one of our guest services, people at the door, it was like Jesus was standing there and saying, come on in, I'm glad that you're here. Nothing grows a church like a vibrant family ministry. Here at New Spring Church, we have invested millions of dollars over the last 16 years to reach boys and girls and students for Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark believes in it, as well as our executive pastor Billy Poor, our board, our staff, and our volunteers. One of the top reasons people give for choosing a church is the family ministry. When we focus on growing our family ministry, our entire church will grow. When parents across the country were asked, over 2,000 couples were asked this question. How important is it that your church has a vibrant children's ministry in making the decision of where you're going? 62% says it's extremely important. 25% said it's moderately important. And then 13% said it's slightly important. The best way to reach unchurched parents is through the children. When you take a child by the hand, you take their parent by the heart. No matter how lost a father is, how far away he is from God, all the stupid things that he's doing, he has a soft spot in his heart for his kid. And if you can reach his kid, you're gonna reach him. And it doesn't matter even with a mother. If she's away doing drugs, she wants her children to be a success. And so when we reach those kids, we have an avenue to reach their parents as well. The future of any church is found in young families and children who attend without them. Our church is just one generation from closing its doors. The sounds of children laughing, giggling, praising God, talking, singing, and yes, sometimes screaming in our environments is life-giving. I walk the halls of New Spring Church every day. I, uh, every weekend, it's, you know, I call it walking, while, managing while walking around. And when I go by these environments, I hear the kids singing at the top of their lungs, goodness of God, or the songs you just heard, My Jesus, or Good God Almighty. And this team that was just up here, now are in other rooms right now, ministering with your kids and grandkids. What they do up here is just for adults, you know. But it doesn't stop there. They don't go to a green room and drink Diet Coke and wait for the next service to start which 90% of them usually do that in other places. What these guys do is they go off and minister to the next generation, and we appreciate that so much. There's one thing that churches have in common that are growing across America. They have a dynamic children's ministry that's impacting their entire church. My dad would say, if he was here, he passed away 10 years ago, but if he was here, he would say the heart of a child is like wet cement. It's only a short, it's only uh, what for a small time. And you have an, uh, let me back up. I want to get this right because my dad would appreciate me quoting him correctly. The heart of a child is like wet cement. There is only a short time to make an impression before it hardens. We must impress God's word, God's wisdom, and God's ways into our children's lives while we have the opportunity. I wanted to share with you a couple ways kind of open the doors to some of our kids' environments and let you see what family ministry is doing. I'm gonna show you a short little video. There's five kids on it. It's very, very short, but it's their personal testimony in Jesus Christ. We had an FX uh, back in April, and I remember driving home with Miss Debbie saying, wow, man, those testimonies were so powerful. I can't play all 19 today. I'd love for you to It would be a blessing to you, but I wanna play these five, and I want you to listen how these kids have their own faith. We want these kids to have their own faith. We don't want them to have Mark Hoover's faith, Dan Kubish's faith, their mom and dad's faith. We want them to have their own faith, that they realize they can go to God's word and learn it, memorize it, and apply it to their own lives. And so take a big, deep breath and listen to these kids declare their faith in Jesus Christ. Watch this. I'm
2: Ruthie Ziner, and I'm eight years old. I accepted Jesus when I went to the nativity scene at New Spring and saw that He was the greatest gift ever given. Jesus was the greatest gift ever given to this world, and He laid down His perfect life on the cross to save our sins. I'd like to thank the New Spring staff for setting up the nativity. My favorite thing about Kids World is before and after the service you can play, but during the service you can learn how to make the wise choice, treat others the way you want to be treated, and trust God no matter what. I'm getting baptized today to show the world that Jesus is my best friend. Hi, my name is Maddox and I'm 10 years old. I accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord when I was little, and I would like to be baptized because Jesus died for me, and I want to live for Him. What I know about Jesus is that He is the Son of God, sent to the world to pay for our sins because He loves us so much, and all we have to do is accept Him and follow Him. I would like to thank my family, my brothers, and my mom and dad for taking me to church and praying with me. My favorite thing about Studio 45 is Playing foursquare and learning about the countless stories of the Bible. My name is Layla Samuel,
3: and I'm eight and a half years old. I accepted Jesus into my life after a kid's world FX, and I saw the other kids getting baptized, and that told me that I could too. Jesus died on the cross to save all of our sins, and he rose again after three days. He did miracles, and he walked on water. I like to thank my parents, my small group leader, and Cody and Alicia for helping me understand the Bible at my level. My favorite thing about Kids World is that I get to hear Bible stories, and I understand them well. I'm getting baptized to show everyone that Jesus is my best friend and that I've accepted him into my life.
2: I'm Addison Clark, and I'm 11 years old. I've always really loved Jesus, but I think the last year, I've really connected with him a lot more because I've been bullied at school for the past year, and my parents separated. I felt like Jesus was there for me when nobody else was. Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins. He rose three days later, and then he proved that he can do anything. My parents decided to separate about a year ago, and I was really sad about the news because I've known Anthony my whole life and they got married about seven years ago. And it was really hard for me because I found out that my little sisters were going to have to go through what I've went through my whole life, switching back and forth. And that was really hard for me. But it's crazy because Jesus can fix anything that's broken and he brought them back together. I would like to thank My mom, my dad, and my step parents for helping me learn about Jesus and have that relationship. I love Studio 45 because they are just so welcoming and I get to volunteer with my parents in 252 and it's just an awesome time. I decided to get baptized because I wanted to go public with my faith and show the whole world that I love Jesus. My name is Tommy and I'm 10 years old. I accepted Jesus in second grade in 252 theater. I know that Jesus died on the cross and three days later he rose from the grave. He did that to pay for his sins. I'd like to thank my parents for teaching me about Jesus. My favorite thing about Studio 45 is that we just get to learn more about Jesus. I want to get baptized because I just want everyone to know that I'm a follower of Jesus
1: who it, it gets me every time those people Kids declaring their faith. And when you give to New Spring Church and uh, your tithes and offerings, that's what is happening in kids' environments as you're in here listening to the Word of God. The other thing we've done with our kids, we, we tell our kids each and every week, you can make a difference in someone's life. You can be a world changer. You don't have to wait till you get 19 or 20 or married and have two kids to go out and change the world. You can do it right now. And we wanted to give them opportunity to start doing that on a regular basis. And we encourage them always to invite their friends to come and we know at least half the kids that come each and every week to New Spring they're, they're brought by another kid but one of the ways that we wanted to have something for them to do is I always when I took over a family ministry in 2006 I always wanted to have a store for the kids kids love shopping you know and all that stuff but we didn't want the typical children's ministry store that involved sweet tarts and rubber frogs and you know balloons and you know buy this junk and go home and leave it in your minivan. We didn't want that. And so for years, I thought about it. Couldn't really quite figure out how to do a store that would be different than that. And finally, a few years ago in 2017, it just just came to me. And I went to Mark and I said, Mark, what I'd love to do is, is to have the board allocate some mission funds that have been given to missions. And and then the kids would earn points by coming to New Spring, bringing their friends, learning scripture, uh, doing things, and we would assign points throughout the year, and we'd keep track of them. And then four times a year, three or four times a year, we would set up a store, and they're going to show you some pictures of some of the items in the store. Uh, We would set up the store, and then as the kids would come into the 252 Theater, we'd give them a little card with how many points they have earned. You know, if they brought 20 guests, they would have you know 20,000 points. And then the kid decide what's, what they wanna go buy. And they would walk around these, these stores uh, that we set up with a little bag and they put the items in it. And I just wanted to quickly tell you some of the things that's on the wall behind me as well. Since September of 2017, they have done $134,481 worth of mission items to people to change the world around them. They bought tractors, they bought chickens for a missionary, and here's a great one, they bought 5,835 meals for the homeless of Wichita, Kansas through the Union Rescue Mission. They bought over 1,100 Bibles that we send to prisons across the country and they purchased 685 of Mark's books, My New Walk with God, that we have now given out to inmates across the country. And they donated 2,460 items of clothing, diapers, wet ones, formula to our pregnancy resource centers in our community. They could be world changers right now and we want them to know that. And part of what you guys do as you volunteer and give, you're a part of this. I love this quote by George Barna. He said said it well when he said, in the race to a child's heart, the first one there wins. And we want Jesus to be the first one to a child's heart. The International Bible Society indicates that 83%, 83% of Christians make their commitment to Jesus between the ages of four and 14. The Barna Research Group indicates that adults 19 and older only have a 6% probability of becoming a Christian. So when I say we need to invest in the next generation, that generation, it's important because most of them will commit their life to Christ between 4 and 14. I know investing in the next generation, there's some things I'd be honest with you. It's expensive. It's not easy to reach the next generation. It pulls us out of our comfort zone sometimes. Children are not only a gift from God, but they're also a great responsibility from him. If you are a Christian parent, then you realize your job is incredibly important. You cannot, of course, guarantee that your children will become Christians, but you can do everything within your power to show them why Jesus is worth following. There's no higher call in this world than ensuring your children have the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We say around here, what happens at home is more important than what happens at church. And what we mean by that is parents, you have 3000 teachable hours with your kids in a year, 3000. The church has 40 hours of the teachable time with your kids. In fact, that number is going down. I just had a conference call last week with uh, people that, we, that use our, we use their curriculum. And they're saying, Dan, really that 40 now is about 36. So that's why we want to partner with you as parents as well and grandparents. We want to say the same things that you are saying. Psalm 78, verse four and seven says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about his glorious deeds of the Lord and his power and his mighty wonders. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Parents, when was the last time you told your kids what God was doing in their lives or what God was doing in your life? If our homes are more Christ-centered, our world would look more Christ-centered. It would look differently. In Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16, this is where this light of mine comes from, the song. You are a light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it underneath a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. If you wanna make a difference in the world around you, ladies and gentlemen, invest in the next generation, whether you're 85, 65, 55, 45, 35, or 15. We need to invest in the people that are coming up behind us. Kids need to see their faith in motion. We have a family that help us, they're the Potter family, and they have kids and their whole family comes and. Volunteers in our family ministry, and we just want you to get to know them and let them tell you right to your face what volunteering at New Spring has done for them. Watch this.
0: Hi, I'm Travis. This is Gina Potter. Uh, we've got four kids Ethan, Blake, Addison, and Philip.
2: Well, initially, when we started volunteering, we were just doing every other weekend. Um, I don't I'm not really sure why why we were hesitant, but it didn't take very long until um, we didn't want to miss a Sunday. Yeah.
0: It is nice with, with six schedules and people go in different directions that Sunday mornings is, uh, that, that time is kind of left alone and we all get to uh, come here together and be here for both services so that we can worship one and serve one. And um, it just, it's kind of a, default time that we get to, to have together. Uh, I started volunteering in Adventure Avenue as, uh, as an assistant leader to my mom who was running a small group at that time. Uh, I feel like volunteering has impacted my life because it allows me to uh, it allowed me to become and stay connected with some of the other high schoolers that also volunteer in Adventure Avenue. Sometimes like when we start a small group and I'm just like I ask them if they know what we talked about in the Bible story and then they just like get it like spot on exactly what we we're talking about just like hearing the stuff that I've heard a bunch of times again. It just, I don't know, kind of helps to understand it sometimes, learning it the same way that the kindergartners are.
2: I volunteer in Adventure Avenue. I'm on Praise Team and I'm a small group leader. My second grade teacher comes to New Spring, and I had her son in my small group, and she was super excited because she was like, well, I got to teach Addison when she was in second grade, and now she's doing the same thing for my son. Well, Philip um is he turned nine in May and he's getting ready to go into fourth grade and he's just been asking me for months now when he gets to start volunteering because he's super excited he's been counting down the days until he gets to start volunteering with us I'm really excited to start volunteering with my siblings and my parents I wanted to start volunteering because all my family was volunteering and they had- he's had so much
0: fun. Because everything tends to run so smoothly here, you can get lulled into, uh, well, there's plenty of people doing it, and you really don't realize how much the volunteers are needed until you start volunteering, because then you can see where those uh, gaps are and what it takes to, to fill them in.
1: Whew. We have a lot of families like the Potters. And we appreciate that so much. Kids need to see their faith uh, in motion. They are watching you, how you think, how you live, how you speak. Faith is is how you live your life and your kids see that. So you might be asking yourself, Dan, why should I volunteer? (laughs) Why should I volunteer? I'm glad you asked. I have five five things that I want you to meditate on. Really, I'd love for you to just to breathe a little prayer to yourself and say, God, will you open my eyes and my heart to what you'd want me to do for the next generation? Can you get a hold of my calendar and make sure I book time to invest in the next generation? Number one, it brings a life of greater purpose. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well, use them well to serve one another. It gives us a wider perspective, just like the Potter family. I know Debbie and I, we, I've been on staff now for 28 years, but before I was on staff, I was a volunteer. And you know we got to see things and be part of things that if we were never a volunteer, we had never had a chance to see and hear. Also, it gives us a way to make sure we're just not focusing on ourselves, that we're focusing on others. Now, as you leave today and you go pick up your kids, I know we have two uh, photo ops, one out in the uh, coffee shop area and one over here in the west wing where you can get a back to school picture for your kid. They have the little signs, first grade, second grade, third grade, and you can take a picture before you go. I wanna show you my first day picture of going to school in 1966. What are you laughing at? That's an awesome kid right there. I think my dad got that piece of cardboard out of a peach box in the back of our station wagon and took his pen out and wrote August 30th, 1966. That's when school started at a normal time, not midsummer like it does now. But uh That was me in 1966. I grew up in a home. My mom and dad had eight kids. They had four girls in Chicago, Illinois, and moved to Colorado, had four boys. And so it must've been the altitude. But uh, I'm the oldest of four boys. But what I wanna tell you about is the next year, 1967. I was just at my my mom's house, Uh, she's 88, just turned 88, uh, August 1st, and I was over at her house, and uh, she was all excited to show me a box, and she said, Danny, look what I found. And she said, "Uh, this is a box of stencils that your dad had typed letters on that never were actually mimeographed off. Now, if all those words just didn't make anything to you, we'd have stencils, and we'd have to put them in a typewriter, type them, if you made a mistake, you used whiteout and all this stuff, it was... It was quite quite an ordeal. And then you'd put that stencil on a mimeograph machine, put some ink, and you'd crank the handle, out it would shoot the paper. Well, my dad had 10 brothers and sisters, all in Michigan, so that's how he would communicate. He would write one letter, print it 10 times, off it would go. And so I was reading those, and all of a sudden, well, I just wanna read to what he says. This is 1967, a year after that picture. We sponsored last week four child evangelism events, five-day clubs. And what that is, uh, CEF is still in the world today. They ministered to boys and girls, but they would come into the church, ask people to volunteer their homes, and then they would send highly trained college kids at your house, and you would set up something in your backyard most of the time, and you would invite your neighborhood children to come. And then these two or three college students would come, and do stories, tell the gospel of Jesus Christ, sing, and then you would have Kool-Aid and cookies and, and you would do that for five days in your backyard. So that's what he's talking about. We had five days clubs with a total enrollment, this is a little tiny town in Fowler, Colorado, of 123 boys and girls. Oh, how God blessed. Two girls from the Bible college were leaders and presented the way of salvation with many fine visual aids. He's talking about flannel graph. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It'll show you. Final graph is still cool. We use it once in a while in Kids World just to do something different. Uh, What a harvest of souls God gave us. There were 28 professions of faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. Well, here's the thing. I was one of those 28 kids. That's when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior is because two college kids that decided not to go on a trip to Cancun, but to take their summers and go invest in the next generation. They have a legacy. I wish I could track them down, I really do. I wish I could track down those two girls. I can remember the day sitting under a willow tree. I can remember this lady's wearing this hat, and uh, she is telling me the story of Jesus. And they came to the end of where, if you want to invite Jesus Christ in your life, you can do that. And I remember in that backyard in Fowler, Colorado, in August, praying to receive Christ. But what a legacy! I'm sure I would—they don't know—but I would love to tell them that 55 years later, because of what they did back in 1967. There'd be a guy standing in front of thousands of people at a megachurch in Wichita, Kansas, asking them to invest in the next generation. When you invest in the next generation, you have a legacy. You have a legacy. Number two, it exposes the next generation to the eternal hope in Jesus Christ. Let each generation tell its children of his mighty acts. Let them proclaim their power. It's recommended that a child nowadays have five adults that say the same thing into a kid's life to help mold and shape them. And that's what we try to partner with parents. It's just like Kylie. Kylie, you did a great job today. But Kylie, not only does she have her parents speaking into her life, when Kylie helps us with the worship team, she has these adults speaking into her life, saying the same things that her parents would tell her. And there'll be a time where Kylie might not wanna talk to her mom and dad. But Moe, what a great opportunity for other people to speak into Kylie's life that would say the same thing that mom and dad would say. That's part of investing in the next generation. It gives us more opportunities to be more generous with our times and talents. Uh, Get our calendar and schedule it in there. It increases your spiritual walk. Number four, it gives us front row seats to see what God is doing at New Spring Church, to see the miracles. Now, I know you're probably wondering why I have a wagon. This is our welcome wagon. And uh, it, it's about four or five years ago, I always wanted to have these. And what these wagons do, they go out in our parking lot and, we, and Mr. Darrell uh, helps us organize it. And they have this vest that says Kids World Welcome Wagon. And uh, what we want is men and women to wear these vests and go out in the parking lot and look for families struggling to get into the building. You know? And to look for single moms, maybe with a diaper bag and two kids, you know, struggling to get in. And Mr. Darrell will come and help them. Well, I wanted to, back after we started this, I think it was in 2017, 2018, um, I was stopped in the hallway and a... Older couple wanted to tell me a story. They wanted to tell me that their daughter who's away from the Lord, on drugs, just living a, a just terrible life, has three kids. And she finally, after months and months of inviting, she said she would come to New Spring Church. And they promised her, hey, you get there, we'll be there to help you with your kids, get them out of the car, get them in the building, all that stuff, you know, we'll take care of everything. Well, you know how it is with traffic out here at New Spring Church. They weren't here. She was by herself. But Mr. Darrell was out in the parking lot and went up to this girl named Amy and said, hey, I'm Mr. Darrell. Would you mind if I help bring your kids into the church? So they sat two kids in here and then she carried the baby in her arms, walked all the way into where Kids World Check-In area is, and my wife Debbie's at. And Daryl said, hey, these kids are brand new. And Miss Debbie took Amy, got her all registered, got her kids registered. Debbie took each kid to their class, told them about their environments, what they're gonna learn about God's big ideas today. Are you ready to have fun? Because church can be fun. Church should be fun. We got the best news on the planet. Why do we want to board, you know? After they dropped them off, Miss Debbie brought her around into the auditorium, made sure she had coffee and a bottle of water. Hey, your parents will be here momentarily. They were telling me that story because they said, if Mr. Darrell wasn't out there in the parking lot, she would have probably drove off because she was overwhelmed by bringing three kids into the room. But you know what's sad? These welcome wagons are silent right now because we don't have enough volunteers. You know, with COVID, our kids have come back quicker than our volunteers. We're about 80% capacity for volunteers. And so we had to make a choice. The wagons have to stay silent because we need the personnel inside the rooms taking care of the kids. But when you follow God, and his leading and what he's tapping on your heart about, you'll see miracles at New Spring Church and you'll have a front row seat of what God is doing. And lastly, we are never more like Jesus than when we're serving. Mark covered this verse in Philippians two and it just talks about how Jesus, even though he is equal with God, humbled himself and said, I'm gonna go on a rescue mission and he became a servant. Well, as we wrap up, I wanna ask you, will you let your heart and light shine to the next generation? I wanna give you something that you can do immediately. And if you'd rather do it at home, you can, but all of you have a weapon of destruction called a cell phone. (laughs) And we're gonna use it for good. If you text say yes to 97,000, now here's the thing. Some of us older people get confused. The 97,000 goes where the phone number goes. And the say yes goes in the text message. It's not the opposite, okay? Just after I got, after the 915 service, uh, I walked and the first person came to me, said, this doesn't work, Dan. You have a total failure. I said, well... The 97,000 goes in the phone number, the say yes goes in the text message. But if you do that, if God is calling you to invest in the next generation, if you do that, you'll get a little form, and all it is is all the ministries of New Spring Church. And whether you wanna help us in family ministry, that's between you and the God that created you. Maybe you wanna help in guest services or the coffee shop or the store or you know, security, or you wanna be a group leader in the adult environment. All those are listed right there and you can just click on that, put your email address, that'll be sent off to. and many people have responded but we still need more, we still don't have enough. I've never done this but I wanna go through very quickly what we need in every environment so you know, just total honesty with you just to maintain currently the kids that we have with a little bit of growth, here's what we need in every environment. Baby Bay, we need 17 people to step up and say I'll help hold babies. In Adventure Avenue, our preschool department, we need 12. In 252, we need nine. In Studio 45, we need five. And Kids Unlimited, which is our spectacular uh, special needs program, they need five. And then they need 17 in our student ministry with Thrive and Wire. Just to maintain the, the kids are coming in. Because they're coming. <laughs> and you might look out there and look at that and say, well, you have 462 volunteers. Why in the world would you need any more? Is because kids keep coming. And we want more kids. This is from many, many years ago, so I don't know what the number is currently. But back when I looked it up, there were 65,000 elementary school kids within the radius of our church in Wichita. So we still, we want them. We want them. We want them to know that Jesus loves them. And so I ask you to text, say yes to 97,000 and make a difference in a kid's life and be a part of something bigger than you can ever imagine. It's worth the effort. We have to shine the light of Jesus on the next generation. Your testimony is a message, a baton, if you will, waiting to be passed to the younger generations. We must pass that baton of faith to the next generation. But we can't pass that baton if we don't possess it ourselves. Maybe you're here today, you've been invited, promising that Mark was speaking and you got me. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody invited you to come and they're gonna take you out to lunch. God bless them for inviting you. But here's the thing that I want you to know. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. We tell the kids every week and you saw their testimonies. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. You don't have to get your life all in order and put a neat little bow on it and slide it across the table for Jesus to accept you. He will accept you now just the way you are. He'll work on you after the fact. Once you have his free gift inside you and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you, he will change the things that he needs to change. But right now, he just wants for you to say yes to him. And if you've never Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to have him come in and change your life from the inside out. You can do that right now. Jesus loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our life and he knocks. And he's a gentleman and he's waiting for you to open that door and invite him into into your life. And I like to pray a simple prayer. These aren't any special words. You don't have to say these words. You really just have to be super sincere with God and say, God, I need you in my life. I wanna accept your free gift through your son, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I realize that you made the penalty, uh, the payment for the penalty of my sins when you died on the cross. And I believe you rose again three days later. And if you believe that for yourself, you can have an eternal home. Here's the thing, when you close your eyes in death on this earth, you can wake up in the glories of heaven, not based on anything New Spring Churches does or what Mr. Dan has said, all based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. You can know for sure without a shadow of a doubt before you walk out these doors that you will live in heaven with him. You can know that today. And I want you to hear those words and invite Jesus into your life. Pray with me, will you? Father, thank you for this time we've had together about investing in the next generation. We know it's so important to reach boys and girls and students for Jesus Christ so they can go out and in turn change the world around them as well and that they can invest in other people. But right now, I just pray for these people that the ones that need to know you as personal Savior will make that decision today. For those of you that are ready to make that decision, pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I've done many, many wrong things and I don't deserve your love, but I accept your free gift. I accept forgiveness of my sins. I put my faith and trust in what you did. Help me to live for you. Let me tell others about the good thing that you have done for me. Let me not be ashamed. Change my life from the inside out. I thank you. I thank you for saving me. Now, here's the thing. We have a gift we'd like to give you. If you just prayed that prayer, uh, this is no charge. There's a Bible in there, like Mark preaches from, his book, My New Walk with God, which is a tremendous book. It'll help you with a lot of questions. There's a little... uh, uh, diary in there sort of thing and some coupons but here's the thing whether you're sitting upstairs downstairs whether you're in north or watching online you can text pray to 97000 and to get your get your walk started and and to receive one of these but if you're here in the room we want you to get it right now before you go home and you can just go out to any guest service counter across the campus and they will greet you and meet you and they'll celebrate with you That you just accepted Jesus into your life. New Spring, are we excited when people come to faith in Jesus Christ? Here's the thing, and we'll be done. If you just prayed that prayer with me and you meant it, you need to go get a box. Because here's the thing Satan immediately is gonna whisper in your ear and say, You don't wanna be embarrassed. Just go home, be silent about it. Don't tell anybody, just be silent. And if you do that, you won't have the victory. Here's the thing, the more you tell people that you accepted Jesus Christ in your life, the stronger your faith will become. People around this room are excited that you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's everything to celebrate. So don't buy into that lie from Satan. If you just prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, go out these doors, go to one of the guest services and tell them, hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus Christ. And guess what? They're gonna have a big smile on their face. They're gonna celebrate with you. And all the angels in heaven are celebrating that you have made your life. Sorry. God will change your life, let's just put it that way. You'll be on the ride of your life, but don't limit God working in your life. Go get a box, tell someone, sign up for the next class. Do the next right thing. God wants to build something inside you. He wants to change the world around you by using you. And don't give Satan a foothold by feeling silent about the greatest thing you have ever done in your life is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thanks for being here. God bless you. Mark will be back next week with Promised Land.
0: Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.